Well, hey there, Todd. I really enjoyed your recollection there of the loan group days. And I know that we'll, we're not finished with the loan group because uh, it was a you know, big part of your life and lots of friendships and, and relationships that you that grew out of that. But I think for today, we can focus on, because you had alluded to this earlier, about your time in your international travel, particularly in Canada from coast to coast, and Mr. Harry Rath. So take it away. Well, thanks a lot, Rob. And uh, yes, uh, there's such a legacy and there's such a history with the Lowen Group. Uh, that it just it seems as if uh, the older I've gotten, it's just one lesson after another of how to do things and, and do it right. And they did, but then also how not to operate funeral homes. You know, it just seems that it seems like, first of all, the, the legacy of the Lowen Group, before I get into the other subjects, is that what happened was totally avoidable. Uh, looking back at it, it didn't have to go the way it went. Um, and the other side is that um, the power uh, for good and for ill of your belief in the value, purpose, and benefit of the funeral to the community. In fact, at the end of the Lowen Group, you almost got the feeling from the, the financial leaders of the company that what a great company this would be if we didn't have all these funerals to do. It seemed as if the funeral became the irritant. Uh, that we've got, you know, do we have to have three people work a service? Well, the man that died is the mayor of the city. He dropped dead at 42 years old. And, and the accountants would look at us and go, well, why do you still need three people to work that service? Why can't you do it with a person and a half, right? Like a licensed person and an apprentice. So you had, even on a day-to-day -day operational basis, you had this tension between funeral literacy and funeral illiteracy um, from the uh, management of the uh, company. Um, and so, so it was, there was a lot of avoidable uh, stresses uh, that, that came up. But one of the great blessings, and I said you did things really, really well, and we did things not so really, really well at times, but one of the great blessings in my life and career was my work in Canada. I, I, I'd, I had already done some work in Canada through Trust 100, right, because we had Jack Ward's, uh, Alan Jack Ward's places and uh, Doug Porter's places in Toronto, uh, Andy Doyle, um, uh, Lauren Kelly's, I believe, in Ottawa. Um, and uh, we had a place in uh, Peter Wiesner out in Saskatoon. Uh, we had a bunch of uh, places out in uh, British Columbia. I mean, we had a hundred funerals right? and we had Allison Swan up in Charlottetown, uh, John S Snowy's place in Halifax. Uh, John, John Snow just has died this last year. 
so, but anyway, I would get up to uh, Canada and I have to say this, right? I have a list, private list, I won't make it public, of the five finest funeral homes I have ever set foot in in my life. And it includes New Zealand, Australia, England, it includes, and three of them are in Canada of the five. Three of them are in the Dominion of Canada. I don't know what it was. Um, I, I, um, I've been told by people that, you know, they'll see a yank coming and, you know, they won't welcome you and they think the Yanks trying to cram American funeral service down their throats. I had people tell me that, um, but I didn't try to cram anything down anybody's throat. What I, what I wanted to do was to do what I enjoy most is talk to funeral directors about what they're doing and what their lives are like and what stories they have. And so in Canada, um, we probably could have three or four chapters on the work that we did up in Canada. It was wonderful. It was wonderful. It was a life changer. And to this day, I still have great relationships with the Canadian funeral directors. And I just finished a book on the funerals of the Canadian prime ministers. Um, and, uh, and in that book, I dedicated the book to uh, two men, Harry Rath, who we're going to talk about a little bit, and Alan Cole uh, from McKinnon and Bowes in Toronto, who's a very dear friend of mine. Uh, I can't speak enough about my relationships in Canada. Um, it's, and you included, Rob, uh, that you've uh, been such a seminal influence on my career. Anyway, we have a uh, meeting at the Marriott at Pearson International Airport in Toronto. And I'm the speaker. This was probably 30 years ago. And um, I'm up there getting my papers together. And here come the Ontario, uh, the Ontario uh, funeral directors. And I remember standing there getting ready to do this thing. And this man walked in and he was dressed elegantly. Um, he had a three-piece suit on. Uh, he um, polished shoes. There wasn't a scuff mark on his shoes. Um, hair perfect, et cetera. And he comes over and he talks with this raspy voice. And he says, I want it to do introduce myself. I'm Harry Rath. And little did I know that, I mean, I've talked to you about Edgar Jackson changing my life. But Harry and I became kindred spirits immediately. And it wasn't just funeral stuff. There were two significant issues in both of our lives. It doesn't make any difference what they are. But 
those issues, I've never met, I've never met someone that had those issues just like I had in my life, except for Harry. And that immediately bonded us. Now at the time, Harry was the manager of Trolls Funeral Home on Young Street in uh, Toronto. And Trolls, uh, I, I think the building has been sold for other usage. But Trolls was one of the, um, you know, you always hear that the carriage trade in Toronto went to A.W. Miles, right? Well, that's true. That is absolutely true. But Trolls had their own carriage trade, and Harry was the manager of that. And he, I have to say this, Rob, Harry, he, he, he loved being a funeral director. Um, and he was such a kind-hearted human being, and he had a wicked, wicked damn sense of humor. I'm telling you, we, he and I would get on the telephone because Eddie's funeral, okay, now your listener, I don't want to sound like I'm blaspheming here to the clergy, but at the funeral, I, I gave Harry's eulogy, right? In two, Harry died in 2016. His um, funeral was at the Peel Chapel uh, for Turner and Porter in Mississauga. And, um, and the, the preacher got up first, right? And I had written out some notes of what I was going to say about Harry. And I was really shook over this, right? Because I loved Harry Rath. I, I, I loved him. He was a wonderful, wonderful human being. And um, so the preacher got up at the funeral and he started in on how people ought not gossip. Now, I don't know where he pulled this up at, but I'm sitting there with my nose. Hell, that's all Harry and I ever did, right? <laughs> to God, all Harry and I did was gossip about what's going on in funeral service in Canada and down in the United States. So I got up there, and I wasn't going to change my talk at all, you know, and I apologized to the preacher. I turned around, <laughs> looked at him, and I said, I'm sorry, Pastor, but Harry and I gossiped, right? We, we broke this uh, unwritten commandment. And the other side of, of, of Harry was that he was tremendously bright. He was a good businessman. And, you know, we always thought, this is, no, is going to sound a little crude, but, you know, we'd have these meetings where all the regional vice presidents were there, and Ray, Ray Lowen would be sitting at the end of the table. And he'd look over at Peter Wiesner, uh, and he'd say, now, I need, I need six and a half million more dollars from your region this year. And Peter would go, okay, 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 okay. And then he'd go to, I don't know, um, uh, Buddy Mays, and he'd say, now I need another $4 million this year from your region. He'd go around the table. Uh, he'd go to Bob Russell down in Florida. I need uh, $5.5 He'd go through all these regional vice presidents. He'd come to Harry, 
And he'd look at Harry and he'd say, now, Harry, you know, he, he I, I don't know how to tell you this. And he'd start stumbling around, right? He'd start spitting these words. He didn't, he didn't stumble around with any of the other ones, but he came to Harry and he go, now, Harry, I know you're not going to like this. Now, Harry, don't get upset. Now, Harry, I know you can do this. And, and he go, I need seven and a half million dollars from Atlantic Canada. And there'd be this dead pause and Harry'd go, I'm not going to say the exact words on a recording of what Harry said back to him, but Harry just goes, there's no damn way, Ray. That's, that's all he'd say. There's no damn way. And Harry, and Ray'd go, okay. <laughs> Okay. And what was, and what was so funny about it was the other regional vice presidents knew their allotment had just been jumped up $250,000 because Ray was going to get that money from somewhere, but not from Harry Rath. And so the joke was, was that Ray, uh, that Harry had pictures, right? The joke around the office was, was that Harry had something on Ray. Um, so my point being, um, you know, uh, Ray, uh, uh, Harry lived in Belleville, moved from Toronto up to Belleville. He had some grievous losses. He's married. He's buried at St. John Dixie cemetery in Toronto. His boy was killed on the, uh, Queen Elizabeth way, uh, helping a motorist and somebody slammed by him. And then, uh, so uh, I remember when that happened and Harry, it just was, um, but Harry, uh, and I could relate to that because Harry later told me, he said, you know, the death of Sean made me a better funeral director. It made me more sensitive. Uh, Harry had it. He uh, was a tremendous role model. Um, and um, I still, I've got his picture here in my office and I look at him and think how I missed him, right? I felt myself urged to call him. Um, and of course, those days are, those days are gone. Um, but he, Harry was a good guy. And so that, that's my little uh, segment on Canada and Harry Rathrop. Well, that's great, Todd. And those are nice memories to have and to, <laughs> and to share, not obviously sharing all the information. And you can tell <clears throat> why you and Harry were uh, such, such good friends and, and having those uh, memories from the boardroom too. Putting Mr. Lowen in an uncomfortable situation every day. It was, <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, to watch that was priceless. Because Harry would not crack a smile, right? He he was just a deadpan, and it was no way, no way, <laughs> no, you're not getting a dime out of it. So, anyway. Well, and too, Todd, yeah. I'd like to thank you for your kind words about me. I, I treasure our, our friendship as well. Um, well, and me too, Rob, me too. So where are we going next? Well, I think it's, uh, I think we need to give a little bit of uh, attention to the ICCFA University. Because uh, that's been a major, major project over the last 30 years. And then maybe talk about conventions and how things have changed and, 
and then push along with that. That sounds great. Well, looking forward to okay. it, Todd. All right. Thank you, Rob. Thank you.